You're listening to The Final Take. We're your hosts. I'm Nelson Wynn. And I'm Tim Cox. This is a conversation podcast where we talk TV, film, and our love for it all. This episode, we have trailer pitches are back. Man, I said that really weird. Trailer pitches are back. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, hot topics and our Christmas watch list, both past and present. There you go. All right. But first, if you're among our tens of listeners or new to our podcast, please help us out by smashing that like or subscribe button and give us a five-star review on any and all the platforms you're listening on. Maybe even tell a friend or loved one about us and share the link to this episode. Hey, Tim. Yes. With with Christmas coming up this weekend, this presents a perfect opportunity for our tens of listeners to talk to their friends and loved ones about our podcast. Really? And and in case they need some like a sample script, I've got mm-hmm. one. Oh, do you? And it goes as follows. Thank you so much for the socks. I love them. For Christmas, I'm going to give you the knowledge of this amazing podcast called The Final Take. <laughs> It is the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> <laughs> Every week. I, I promise you're going to love it. <laughs> <laughs> nice. That's I awesome. I all day thinking about it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's better I, to receive. I always th- thank you for the gift. I know we always say it's the thought that counts. And I thought about you when listening to this podcast. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> there you go. Uh, and you, if you'd like to give us a gift this this year, tell a friend or a loved one. <laughs> and give us a five-star review. <laughs> oh, I All love right. it. All right. Let's get into some hot topics. Oh, well, man. This should be, we should change this to depressing topics. I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's see. Let's let's. You my, have one. My topic that I put is related to your first one, so okay, you can kick it off. Okay, James Gunn made an announcement <sighs> that they are going to pretty much do a hard reboot of the DC franchise. From what it seems, what are your thoughts? Because you also had another one. Piggyback on that. Well, my thought is. Rest in peace, Henry Cavill, Superman. Yeah. I that, mean, it, it's, look, it's a bummer. That's a real bummer. Yeah. Like, I mean, talk about a roller coaster in, mm-hmm. in July where it was like, you know, are we going to get an announcement from DC, which you didn't, super disappointing. The announcement ended up being, oh, by the way, we're merging with, with Discovery. Yeah. And then, like... You get the announcement that he's that he is back. Yeah. And then the cameo. Spoiler alert, if you haven't seen Black Adam, the cameo at the end of Black Adam, which like again, super exciting and made Black watching Black Adam worth it to see Henry Cavill in costume again. And then now this. Yeah. Huh. Look. I'll say that. I, I you go ahead. I'm okay. still I'm still reeling. I know. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna side with the James Gunn camp. 
reluctantly. I mean, everyone wants to see Henry Cavill Superman back, but and we can't imagine another Superman. And I think that's one of the reasons why is because you know the best cast Superman, uh, Superman, I guess, uh, have been relatively unknown actors at the time that they've assumed the role. Christopher Reeve, obviously, Henry Cavill. Um, they've always had great casting. But I would say as long as they kind of take that road as well. I mean, I'm, I'm confident that they'll find a, a Superman that, that we will actually really like. But at the end of the day, the prior leadership at Warner Brothers, DC, just, uh, prior to Discovery, um, Jeff Johns, uh, Walter Hamada, they, they really destroyed the franchise and really gave it no chance of moving forward Boy. in a cohesive manner. And I remember when I was texting you, I said, I, I, I like it, it, it's hard news when you're like trying to trust James Gunn that he's going to do right because, you know, yeah. he, he has, he has a vision and he sees things a certain way, right? Like, yeah. did anyone see Gardens of the Galaxy besides probably Kevin Feige being a massive hit and, and, you know, that was going to do as well as it, as it did. Right. Yeah. And so, like, you inherently want to trust James Gunn just from his track record. Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow. Right, it is. As it as is. like a a Superman fan and and a Henry Cavill fan, where like mm-hmm. you know he's the perfect Superman. Yeah. Um, it sounds like James Gunn's been working on this script for a long time. Mm-hmm. Like he's had it in his head. So he's sure. actually penning the script. Mm-hmm. And the reason why they're going away from Henry Cavill is because they want to cast a younger actor. True. So like, I guess we're going to get a Superman year one. Yeah. Which like, I That's mean, a good idea. but at the same time with like, with Batman and Superman, do you need another origin story? Like the origin story has been done to death. Yeah. I mean, they did a it whole has. show around his origin show story. Yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, Superman and Batman are, are, and Batman are like two of the most universally known superheroes and yeah. their origin story, their origin stories are universally known. So like, do we need another one that's going to explore his like first? I mean, even the first act of Man of Steel was the Superman's origin story. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if we need another one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I'll say this. There's there's really no closure with the Henry Cavill Superman. But at the and, end of the day, I mean, that's that's really why people are probably hurt and a little wounded of of not having the closure and, you know, ending on a cliffhanger with with Zack Snyder's Justice League. But, um, you know, it is what it is. And I mean, it was necessary. And and we we've talked about it at length with with DC and how and because they rushed into the Justice League. Yeah, they, they had to reset the stakes. Mm-hmm. Like you've already like in Man of Steel, he saved the world. In mm-hmm. Batman versus Superman, he said they saved the world from Doomsday. Mm-hmm. 
In Justice League, they saved the world from Steppenwolf, and sadly, we didn't get Darkseid. Right. It's like, how can you like reel that back and do a smaller, you know, Superman standalone where yeah. the stakes aren't saving the world again? Exactly. Exactly. So I get it, but like I like, there's rumors that that the villain in Man of Steel two was gonna be Brainiac. Oh We're man, that would have been amazing. Brainiac. That would have been awesome. But, <sighs> well, rest in peace, DC Universe. And um, I'm gonna Long say, it's, it's well, how does the saying go? The 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 king is dead. Long live the king. Yeah. <laughs> The the queen is dead. Long live the king. The, um, the, the DC is DC is dead. Long live DC. Right. Well, I, I I'd say to you know I'd express my thanks to to everybody who's been part of that universe, and then you know I'm looking forward to James Gunn because ultimately you can't build a house on a broken foundation. Well, and what's going to happen to Gal Gadot as 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 Wonder Woman? They canceled Wonder Woman three. I was just talking to somebody today ah! about about some of the it, Zack Snyder cast, some of the best ha, had some of the best casting of any DC characters that will sure. just live on forever. And I'll well, continue and to watch how, his work. How, how maligned her casting was. Mm-hmm. And then she ends up being like the perfect Wonder right. Woman. I know, you know, and just failed uh, by some, some sketchy storylines. Jason Momoa was ah. a perfect Aquaman. Um, he, they had the best casting and they're really going to have to catch lightning in a bottle again to, uh, lightning's going to have to strike a second time essentially to, you know, really bring these characters in that they love. But at, at the same time, once the water is under the bridge and it washes away, People are gonna. I, I'm sure people are just gonna be so excited that there's gonna be a cohesive universe. Sure. So and and, yeah. and just you know allowing the characters to have the tone and the scope that is necessary for them. Yeah. Like you know, the one thing you fear with James Gunn is that he's gonna make it too all of them too jokey in the same note. Yeah, that's right? true. That's true. Um, uh, I mean, you know, we haven't heard any definitive thing about Matt Reeves, right? Like, like there's been some overtures, but at the same time, like we were supposed to get Henry Cavill Superman again. And then they, they changed course. So like, what does this mean for Matt Reeves? Actually, from what I heard, Matt Reeves, the Batman will stay kind of as an outlier outside of the universe. And um, like that black label uh, unofficial title, I would say. Sure. And then same with Joker. Because they're doing a, a second Joker, a musical, and uh, yeah, and then we'll see. You know, I think I think that's the way to go, and that's a really great way to differentiate themselves from Marvel. What but, happens? What happens to Margot Robbie is as as uh, Harley Quinn. Quinn? Yeah, I don't I know. Mean, my goodness, I know, I know. You don't have to preach into the choir, man. It's in shambles. It is, and hopefully, they're gonna have to pick up the pieces and. Yeah. And move on, but hey, so let's talk Avatar two. Yes, what about Avatar two, Tim? Well, it did get um, somewhat positive, but mixed reviews. I've heard, and apparently, financially, it was a disappointment at the box office after its first weekend. Eh, I don't put any credence in that. Well, I guess financially, the film is going to have to bring in two billion globally. Just to make money. <laughs> so, 
that that's how much that's how many computer nerds are, are sitting there making this movie so um it, two two billion worth plus all the all the marketing and stuff like that but yeah but i mean i i have a feeling that's why he's talking about like doing five of them because isn't it at some point isn't it like you know kind of like in manufacturing where you get once you make a certain number of them the costs start going down <laughs> yeah but but at a certain but honestly um i i i think when it comes to something like mission impossible where tom cruise does his own stunts and stuff like that it's it's so much cheaper than actually um you know doing, doing all the sci-fi shots all this all this all, yeah all those the well, CGI like shots and stuff like that it's like 100 cgi right yeah they'll end up doing yeah it's it's they well or nearly they, it, yeah so they all dressed up in their little cgi outfits and they all they perform the shots but then they pretty much essentially CGI'd. It's we're getting. It's essentially an animated film. Yeah, almost. I, I mean, you still have Chris. You still have like the full on Christmas weekend, and yeah, like when well, you get all these families sitting around after mm-hmm. Sunday, and yeah. they're gonna be like twiddling their thumbs in between New Year's. I mean, you have two big holiday weekends where people are just gonna be sitting around bored. Well, the one thing that that I read this Axios article where they said traditionally. Uh, James Cameron films have been a marathon as opposed to a sprint. Oh, absolutely. But but we'll see. But normally um, you'd expect a big opening. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you know, they're gonna have to. They're gonna really have to have um, a huge uh, marathon to to justify another film. Because if it doesn't do financial, if it doesn't do well financially, I, I do think Disney's gonna scrap it. I heard. He turned in his first cut of Avatar 4. What? And it was something like five hours long. Or was it five or nine? It was something ridiculous. Hold on. I'm going to look it up because I saw this. I saw this article. I should have included this in in my notes when I saw it. I was like, what? Five hours. Yeah, so will it be Avatar 3? Oh, so for the next one? Yeah. Yeah, so um, this one was actually, uh, I think it was like three and a quarter for Avatar 2. Avatar, okay, here it is. Here it is. First cut of Avatar 3 is reportedly nine hours long. And he wants, (sighs) he wants, he wants to to complete the CGI before editing. <laughs> that uh, there's no way. Six that's hours. like the most that's the most expensive thing you can pay for is man hours <laughs> to sit there and click 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 frame by frame <laughs> on a film. I'm sorry. <sighs> what the what in the world? James Cameron. Man. No, I know. I, I, Look, I'm who out, needs man. to ha- who needs to have someone direct four and five? You got you got the trilogy there. You got three, four, and five. Just turn that in. Have them yeah. cut it up. Call that three, four, and five. Call it a day. Yeah, do all the um, do all the cliffhanger endings on on each each little part. It's not like they need actors at this point. They just bring them in to do the voiceovers, and it's all cartoony anyway. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of down on the Avatar thing. I mean, uh, some people like it, but but I. 
Then my son's talking in the background. That's it's, Christmas, okay. it's Christmas break, everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Almost so, for me. Yeah. Anyway. Goodness all right. gracious, nine hours. Well, guess what? Yes. Let's get away from from the Avatar saga because, you know, people have already spent like 50 hours in the movie theater watching this movie. Mm-hmm. And let's move on to something near and dear to our hearts that we <laughs> that we text ourselves all the time. <laughs> You're, you're like, I'm not going to laugh over it this time. Like, I can't help it. Oh, yeah. So pitches. that's right. So in the last couple of weeks, there has been, uh, I think just almost every summer blockbuster for next summer has, has dropped. So we have about 10 trailers or we have 12 trailers and um, we're going to go over these really quickly. And, and give 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 Nelson's little pitch on each one and his take. So let's start with from MGM Creed Three. They had a behind the scenes. Here's the pitch on that one, Tim. We're 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 out the gate. And the pitch is Jonathan Majors. That's the pitch. <laughs> I don't get it, Jonathan Majors. If you watch. If you watch this behind-the-scenes featurette, uh-huh. Jonathan Majors is getting ready to take over Hollywood. Uh-huh. He plays the main antagonist oh. in Creed Three. Okay. Appears to be like a childhood acquaintance of Adonis Creed who like went to jail and got like buffed up and has like anger issues and resentment and is gonna take it out on Adonis Creed. Uh-huh. And like, this is a, this is, and, and the reason why the pitch is Jonathan Majors, that's it. Is this man's getting ready to take over. He's the antagonist in Creed 3. Mm-hmm. He's going to appear in, he's going to make his first full, like true appearance as Kang the Conqueror in the MCU in Quantumania. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, in the summer of 23. And he's going to be the, the featured bad guy for the next two phases of the MCU, mm-hmm. which is going to culminate in Avengers King dynasty. Yeah. I mean, okay. Well, he's everywhere. I mean, my take on Jonathan majors is, is that hopefully, I mean, obviously Kang, I, I did like his, his episode on, on Loki, but yes. hopefully he doesn't go the route of Mr. T or, or, um, Dolph Lundgren as playing the bad guy in a, in a somewhat of a Rocky film. So no, it looks, it, it looks like he's going to be good. Okay. Like him as an actor and, and he's a good actor in the roles that he's, 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 he's been in and the appearances that he's, he's made like in the MCU so far, like he comes across as being very intelligent, like in terms of like calculating, yeah. Right. Very calculating. Like he's already like 15 steps ahead of you and you don't even know it. Yeah. Right. Uh, but then like watching him in Creed three, mm-hmm. just like that simmering, you know, anger and he's getting ready to take it out on, on Creed. Yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah. Well, he's a Yale school of drama uh, alum. So dude's got skills. Yes. He's got yeah, skills. He's, he's, he's got, got training. chops. So, all right, let's move on to Paramount Pictures. Transformer 
Rise of the Beasts. <laughs> Transformers, but with inclusivity, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, so Anthony Ramos, Anthony Ramos, Anthony Ramos taking over the main human role from Shia mm-hmm. LaBeouf. Sure. And Mark and, uh, and now we've got beasts. You know, I don't know if you've ever watched the Transformers Beast Wars cartoon. No. My, my son caught some reruns of it. Or, or like it, it was on some random app where they had Beast Wars or whatever, maybe yeah. on Amazon or something. You got you to gotta check it out. Is it because, good? Oh, my God. It's so horrible. Um, <laughs> it's I mean, I grew up on watching. Like, I think I might have stopped watching Transformers as a kid, right? As like... <laughs> the yeah. first kind of beast wars were appearing and and um, like let's not get this wrong we're trying to sell some toys the, oh yeah the, the, absolutely um my son's excited about it because because he's he he loves beast wars and i actually um i showed it to him right before we went to bed and <laughs> then i went i went downstairs he actually came downstairs to give me a hug and, and tell he me, stayed up all night thinking about beast probably wars. <laughs> to tell me thank you for showing me that because he loves beast wars but it literally looks like unfinished cgi in like just the just the rough stuff you know a little yeah, that's bit that's how bad it, that's it, how bad this it was early cgi yeah it yeah. was CGI, not ready for primetime CGI. Hey, look, I like Anthony Ramos. Yeah, he's good. And I like so him. having him roll up and like in the oh, trailer a couple times, he just did the whoo, like, hey, oh, like, yeah. give me more of that. I like that energy. Yeah. I'm good. When he, during that transforming scene at the end where he just ends up walking out. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Amazing. We, Amazing. Well, after, after Bumblebee, I have some high hopes. So, yes. So, All right. So, side note. <clears throat> Since we're selling more toys with Transformers, I very mm-hmm. nearly talked my wife into letting me get the Optimus Prime Lego Transformer. Mm-hmm. Tim, this thing, you build the Transformer out of Legos, and it goes from robot to truck. It will transform. While well, it's a Lego set? Yes. Hmm. I very nearly well, convinced my wife to let me get it, but like $200 for a Lego set is way too much. Oh, wow. That's gone up in price. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think they retired it, but as soon as it came out, I sent it over to my mom and said, this is what my son wants for yeah. for, for Christmas and it'll it'll make an appearance. So anyway. All right, moving on. Yeah. So, all right. From Sony, 65 I saw this one by accident. It looks really strange. This came across my YouTube feed and I was like, what is this? Yeah. Because it's starring. What's his Adam driver, Adam driver. Yeah. So the pitch is alien, but in Jurassic park meets ancient aliens, the TV show. no response to that (laughs) so it starts off this trailer starts off and it seems like aliens where Mm -hmm. they're on a ship like he's a lone captain on a ship and they're traveling you know it's interstellar travel and Mm -hmm. they're on a you know like a a life world seeking mission right yeah like many sci-fi 
movies start out. Yeah. And then a huge crash happens. He gets hit by an asteroid, throws him off course, crash lands on a planet. He goes to explore and like there's the ominous shot of him like in a swamp and the tail of a monster like kind of like, you know, crests the water behind him. Mm-hmm. And then like pure Jurassic Park. It's like him in a cave and it's backlit and there's lightning. And then all of a sudden a T-Rex comes charging out. <laughs> Insanity. And so apparently it's like the tagline for, for the, for the trailer is like the past past meets present meets future or something like that. And so it's like, it's a little bit like ancient aliens. Yeah. Where like, this is a, a futuristic humanoid race crash lands on, 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 on earth 65 million years ago yeah. at the end of the dinosaurs. Well, my pitch on that would be, would actually be, Hey, we're lucky to get Adam driver in this one, but don't go see it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that one made me cough. Okay. All right. Let's move on to NBC released a first look of, the return of one of my favorite sitcoms that I grew up with night court. Oh man. This one's definitely for like us and our parents. Yeah. Because you do. Okay. So here's the pitch slapstick multi-camera sitcom is back at NBC. Plus what's old is new again with inclusivity. <laughs> That's right. It looks good. Hey, you know what? John Larroquette's coming back. and So that's the what's the old is new again. That's right. With and a, a new lo- young cast. That's right. That and, has uh, people of all different races and creeds. It's always really been like that, though, in Night Court. But the one thing that I'm going to demand is that Brent Spiner comes back to be that uh, that like slow guy, him and his wife. Yeah, they need to come back and and make those make that was where Brent Spiner that was his pre Star Trek ah uh, uh, what he was known for yeah uh, aside of aside of Broadway stuff yeah but, so so this one is definitely for you know Gen X and their and and their yeah. baby boomer parents that's true trying to get their millennials and 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 Zoomers to connect on something because that's right. Get get together, everybody get together and watch Night Court. You and don't see, you will you don't see find peace in the world. Yes, you don't see a lot of multi camera comedy on TV anymore. No, and it's this is a really good one. That I mean, the approach is really good to to get to capture that classic Night Court, but also to you know just like kind of bring everybody together. You yeah, know? for new generations. Yeah. So, all right, from Apple TV shrinking all right so the pitch on this is bill lawrence walks into the apple tv boardroom during the ted lasso hiatus and says i have an idea for a show it has jason siegel and harrison ford and the sony exec says stop right there take all our money I, I believe it. I mean, I believe it. Looking at the trailer, I have no idea what it's about. Yeah, they're like the character. It's just headshots of the characters, like 
you know, bouncing and then oh, yeah. like jumping in and out of frame. <laughs> and then it pulls back and Jason Siegel is on a trampoline and Harrison Ford just like walks by him. <laughs> and that's the trailer. I know. And I was like, Ooh, I got to see that one. But it's Bill Lawrence. So yeah. if you like Ted Lasso and Scrubs, Scrubs and Community. Um, not Community. Uh, was he? I thought he would did Community. No, he oh, didn't. Do Dan, that's Dan Harmon. Yeah, that's Dan Harmon. It was, um, what's the one with Michael J. Fox Co- where he was? Oh, the, Spin City. Spin City. Yeah, and Cougar Town. And Cougar Town. If you like those yeah. shows. I mean, it's Bill yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, they're it good shows. It happens to they're also all... have Jason Siegel and Harrison Ford in and it. And Harrison Ford. Man, this is the nexus of like, get, like How I Met Your Mother and every Harrison Ford movie. <laughs> like, Harrison just coming Ford together. doing comedy. Yeah, in a sitcom, in a TV show. Harrison I Ford mean, doing TV. That's right. So add, add to this the, was it 1923? What's the, the yeah, Yellowstone 1923. He's yeah, in that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, also, I'm going to say this about Harrison Ford. He plays that old grumpy dude where he's just going to be funny because he's he's angry. Look, so Harrison Ford's been playing play old it. grumpy dude since he was like 29. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. He's been playing a version of old grumpy dude since since Han Solo. Since 1923. So, <laughs> all right. Next up from HBO Max, The Last of Us. Oh, man. This is a long in development adaptation. And the pitch is come for the lone wolf and cub zombie video game adaptation. Stay for the take on me post-apocalyptic remix. I thought that was a fantastic, fantastic little touch to that. Oh man. You, you can't, I mean, just put a little positive spin uh, and want to do a little eighties dance to the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah. It's one of my all time favorite songs. And then you're going to throw like that remix on top of, on top of you're going to, you're going to bring in Leanna Marmont or the actress that plays Leanna Marmont. Yeah. And then you're going to bring in the Mandalorian and they're going to take on zombies as a lone wolf and cub. Dun, 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 to keep going. Hey, for for any Last of Us fans or gamers, there's hope for this video ad- video game adaptation. We've talked about it at length on this pod. Yeah, there, the 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 road the road is paved with many terrible video game adaptations. This looks very good. Yeah, I've never played it, but I don't play most games. But well, all right, it's a, it's a PlayStation game, so. There's still time for you. Oh, I play PlayStation. Yeah, as misguided as that decision is, there's I played, still time for you to, to throw I bought on the a game PlayStation play. to play MLB the show, <laughs> and that's it. I know, um, I know. Um, and then I ended up playing the Batman game, so the Arkham series. But um, I, actually, I don't play really anything now. But all right, on Netflix, Kaleidoscope. So this pitch, the scene begins, opens in the Netflix boardroom. And the executive pitching it. So it's Ocean's Eleven 
with Giancarlo Esposito in the Danny Ocean role. But it's a TV show. And you can watch it in any order you want. (laughs) (laughs) And the Netflix executive says, you son of a bitch, I'm in. (laughs) There you have it. That is exactly what I was thinking when I when I watched this trailer. That's also of of uh, uh, a Rick and Morty reference, in, yeah. in case anyone's paying attention. Oh, okay. I'm I'm not up on my Rick and Morty. That's but, okay. I still yeah. wanted to include it anyway. You're like you're like everybody has their flaws. <laughs> um, all right, from Illumination comes Super Mario Brothers. Speaking of the long road of bad video game adaptations. This is probably the original. I just thought of that. On my own. Who's in this? Like Bob Hoskins and like Scott oh, Wolf or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But also, oh, this one is not without its controversy. So let me, let me go. Let me do the pitch for this. <laughs> I'm going to do my best impersonation. Okay. <clears throat> And this is a line from the from the from the movie slash trailer. It's a me, Mario. Woohoo! <laughs> there you go. So the controversy, in case you're not paying attention, is Chris Pratt has been cast to play Mario in the Mario Brothers movie. And what a lot of fans and a lot of people were waiting on was to see the first trailer to see. Well, it's Chris Pratt. Is he going to do the Italian accent? And apparently that answer is no. So instead of getting a the it's a me, Mario, you get like. It's me, Mario. <laughs> but Woo-hoo. but there was a there during one of the car racing scenes in the trailer. He does give a woohoo. So you get that. Yeah. Also, just wanted to touch on of the many controversies. Apparently, there's a Rainbow Road controversy <laughs> that's been brought up by people that apparently have never played Mario Kart in their life. Oh, I've never played Mario Kart in my life. It's okay. There's an extremely there's an extremely difficult level called Rainbow Road that has no like guardrails, and it's just like a giant rainbow that you're driving on. Uh huh. And apparently, it, it's like. It's been a controversy of like they're trying to bring out like LGBTQ symbolism into Mario. Uh, yeah, I, of course. <laughs> That's so silly. Yeah. Uh, All right. Well, next up from Universal. But before we get into it, Tim. Uh huh. We're now entering the real meat and potatoes of the trailer pitches. The real meat and potatoes. The last four here. Which are the heavy hitters. Last four here is a murderer's row. This is the murderer's row of next summer. It's not just going to be the solo Top Gun. These are the films of the summer. That's right. From Universal Oppenheimer. The only trailer pitch here is the mind-blown emoji. That's right. This is Christopher Nolan's first film with Universal. Uh Of course, like Christopher Nolan, he's like... Well, what topic can I cover? Oh, the development yeah. of the nuclear bomb. <laughs> like, all you have to say for this one is like, okay, the pitch would be Christopher Nolan directing. 
Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Hand no, my what little my we've seen, what little the trailer shows of Cillian Murphy as as John Oppenheimer. It looks amazing. Yeah. And then there's like the graphics of like the nuclear explosion happening. Yeah. I mean, I mean, so apparently, if it's three it's hours a, of that, it's a real explosion. Up. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's all a fascinating topic anyway. So, and and it's and it's littered with with drama. So, that no doubt about it. For and for him to do something with with the um, Dunkirk, you know, well, to do what he did, take a historical moment, right. and just turn it into this gripping thing, and then halfway through, you don't realize that you're watching three different timelines at the same time. Hey, spoiler alert! What if someone? Man, the movie's it. like five years old, dude. <laughs> so. Sorry, sorry for anyone out there that was that still had Dunkirk on their watch list. <laughs> yeah, no one's got Dunkirk on their watch list anymore because it's Christopher <laughs> Nolan, and they've already watched it. All right. So, all right, it looks amazing. It looks amazing. It does. I'm it does look it. good. I'm ready for it. Yeah, and you all know, right, and Sony, you know it's gonna like some sort of like it's gonna mess with time in some way. It's yeah, it's gonna yeah, the complex just the complexity. I mean, I gotta watch Tenet again, but um all right, with Sony, Spider Man across the Spider Verse. The the pitch on this is the Spider Man meme where there's three spider the two Spider Man pointing at each other. <laughs> again, of course. Across the Spider Verse. Yes. So as if I th- how many Spider-Men are in the f- uh, the first one? There's it's like five. Miles, Spid- old like like old Peter. There's Peter there Parker, was... the anime Spider, the noir the spider, spider, and then yeah, Spider Gwen six. Spider Gwen, yeah. So there's Dead Spider, not Sp- Dead Spider Man, yeah. Spider Man, seven, Miles. seven. Yeah, the original Spider-Man that died. So yeah. not to be outdone. This trailer features like hundreds of. Sp- it's like if you're Rick again, Rick and Morty reference. It's like the 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 Council of Ricks, the Council of Spider Man. Yeah, it looks like so, they have like a nexus where they can all converge. That'll be interesting. I'm, you know, and and of course it's going to be incredible. Look, without, without question. There's so with how they've cut this trailer up, it seems like. It's Miles and Gwen versus like some questionable versions of Spider-Man across the multiverse. Most notably Spider-Man 2099 voiced by Oscar Isaac. And in my notes, I have three heart emojis because I love Oscar Isaac and everything that he does. Oh yeah. He's, he's awesome. And so it looks like, cause his, his version of Spider-Man's like pretty brutal. And so, it looks like maybe the first act or two might be them fighting like different versions of Spider-Man that don't know that there's a multiverse, but then there's some villain that will be later revealed. I imagine. Yeah. It looks like the first looks amazing. The first one was incredible. Yeah. I'm so excited for this one and it's Lord and Miller again. So, True, true, and I definitely think uh, this is the only time uh, Sony has like outdone themselves when it comes to Spider-Man films um, by themselves without yes. the help of Marvel. So. Yeah. All right. So from Disney, this is Disney. Hey, or was that? Lu- it was a Disney Paramount. Lucasfilm. 
Oh, Lucasfilm. That's right. I thought it was on. Okay. I thought it went to Paramount. But Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Oh, man. One last ride. Yes. Indy versus Nazis. Let's go, Tim. Let's go. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, let's let's um, let's just eliminate the uh, crystal skull and the uh, aliens this and feels just like get back to basics. This feels like they're full on pretending that Crystal Skull didn't exist. And they should. And they're like, you know what? Indy versus the Soviets, eh, let's bring it back. Which bring means it back to the Nazis. They're probably going to de-age him. Could be, yeah. I mean, he looks really young and spry compared to, hey. compared to the, shrinking, the shrinking trailer. As but do you know what? What? If if they de-age him and they bring it back pre Crystal Skull, do you know what that means? I don't know. No Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Oh yeah. So well yeah, because yeah. you see like shots of like Nazi Yeah. Nazi, you know, generals or whatever. And then there's like a scene that looks like it pl- takes place on 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 VJ Day. Yeah. Or is it V E Day? I don't remember. Victory in Europe. V E. Whichever day where they had a ticker, like a spontaneous ticker tape parade in the middle of Times Square, whatever day that was, that's VE day. VE so day. VJ day was it was victory in Europe, victory in Japan, yeah. over Japan. So it looks like looks so. like looks like there's a scene that takes place during VE day. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm excited. I can't wait. The trailer looks amazing. And last but not least, also from Disney slash Marvel, Guardians of the Galaxy. Volume three. I've watched this trailer no less than 10 times. Yeah. And the pitch on this is I'm not crying. You're crying. <laughs> <laughs> well, you also have a little something there. Will Poulter jacked up. Yeah. Right? So, so some notes, some notes from observations of this trailer. It looks like we're going to get a proper rocket raccoon origin story. That's going to okay. bring a new character in. Will Poulter jacked up to play Adam Warlock. He's come a long way since we're the Millers, huh? Oh my good. We were watching, we were watching, uh, uh, maze runner the other day. I was going to say one of those maze movies. Yeah. My wife loves those movies, but we we're watching maze runner. And I was like, Oh my gosh, Will Poulter looks so scrawny in that. And then when you yeah. see him in this trailer, he's like a grown up, like jacked up, like bronze, golden skinned, you know, superhero. That's right. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Also, yeah. someone's dying. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Well, they're going to conclude it. Yeah. So and James it looks, Guns and- it looks as serious. I mean, there's obvious like notes that like, he, the comedy in it as yeah. you can see in the trailer, but a little more serious. It definitely looks like it's going to be a darker, more serious tone as the end that's of true. this iteration of the guardians of the galaxy. Yeah, that's true. Well, we're excited. I'm excited. It's going to be an awesome summer next year. Yeah. And, um, and speaking of epic remixes mm-hmm. in the meantime, remix for this trailer, the song in the trailer Oh, what is it? It's called In the Meantime by uh, Space Hog. Oh, okay. I didn't catch that. Yeah, that was a 
One nice. of those songs from the '90s that the lyrics make no sense, but oh, okay. apparently the lyrics are like supposed to make sense in terms of, you know, in terms of this trailer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Interesting. Well, there you have it, and that was our yay. All right. There we go. So we only have a few minutes left. Let's talk our Christmas watch list. What do you got going on? All right. So real quick, and these will be like yeah. real mini, mini reviews here. I think both of us have this mm-hmm. on our list. Spirited on Apple TV Plus. Yeah, we just recently watched that. What What's your take on it? Uh, I thought it was a good take on. Uh, I'm good for any type of skewed take on Christmas Carol, and that which leads to another one on my list that I watch every year, which is Scrooge, one of my favorites, if not my favorite. But um, I thought it was a it was a good take on uh, on on this the Christmas Carol, uh, you know, storyline. So Christmas Carol uh, for a new generation. That's right. There's there. It's a musical by the same songwriting team as The Greatest Showman. Yeah. And then you get to see Will Ferrell and uh, um, Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. sing and dance. Come on. That's right. Like. You can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. It's a watch for me, man. Yeah, it, it was a watch times. for me. Oh, I haven't seen it three times. I saw it once. Yeah, I saw but it. It's a watch. It's, it's a watch for the. It's good. Yeah, it's a watch for Christmas. All right. All right. So, what's your next one? Uh, I watched the Guardian. We already talked about this. The Guardians of Galaxy Holiday Special. That those are pretty much the two that I've watched this year, hands down. I, I did watch the Holiday Special twice because I, my kids didn't want to watch Slumberland. Uh, which we were going to actually do an, a, a show on, but um, I haven't got through it yet because my kids were whining. But um, yeah, I, you know, I, I like the soundtrack. I, we've been listening to a lot of Christmas music. It's got a great soundtrack. And um, Quite possibly outside yeah. of Charlie Brown Christmas, the greatest Christmas special soundtrack. That's right. And actually, as a matter of fact, I've been spinning the my vinyl copy of a Charlie Brown Christmas almost nonstop um, every weekend. So uh, I'll put, I'll do a double special here and as, as like one movie and say guardians of the galaxy holiday special and a Charlie Brown Christmas. Nice. Well yep. done. You got to teach me young. There you go. That's right. All That's right. right. Uh, so my next one was a Christmas story. Christmas. Have you seen this one yet? I have not. Well, we we're, we are going to watch a Christmas story, and then I want to follow it up with this. Look, if watching a Christmas story isn't enough, this is a direct sequel, mm-hmm. and it's Ralphie grown up. That's right, and it hits all the right notes of like, it's like a double nostalgia because it's like there's callbacks to the original, which takes place like in the fifties, sixties, and then like the prime timeline that it takes place in the story is like in the eighties. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's, it's a fun, it's, it's better than I thought. It's a fun yeah. little watch. There you go. All right. Since I kind of combined Scrooge with spirited, um, which Scrooge is definitely a classic for me. Uh, it's debatable. Uh, you're like, uh, all right. What's your last one? All right. My, my last one 
is is the Christmas movie of Christmas movies, Tim. What's that? That's Die Hard. <laughs> you know what? It's funny that you say that because it's really not Christmas until Hans Gruber falls from Nakatomi Tower. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I'm going to throw down some some uh, other. Uh, I, I prefer the comedies, and I, I think it's pretty pretty clear that we do. But, um, you know, just some some good honorable hey, mentions. Die Hard's a comedy. Elf. It is. It is a comedy. So, you I'm, know, I'm, and a tragedy. I'm wearing my Nakatomi Plaza Christmas party 1988 t-shirt right now. Ooh, that's very nice. I love that. <laughs> um, but you know, for me, some, some honorable mentions that I usually get around to watching every year is, uh, elf and uh Christmas vacation as well. So oh, Christmas vacation. I'm all about the comedies and elf Christmas comedies. Yeah. yeah. You can't go wrong yeah. with those two. No, not at all. Not I, at I would all. say, um, of all of these, all of the current ones that we've discussed, Spirited, very good, could be entering the pantheon of the Christmas movies that you watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, though, Tim. Definitely good. Man. I think it's going to be added to the rotation. Yeah, I definitely liked it, and it you know. serves as a Guardians of the Galaxy two point five. It does because it, it does bridge a gap because the the biggest piece of information that that we have been provided is that Guardians of the Galaxy had purchased nowhere. So there you have it. But all right, well that is our final take on our Christmas list. Yeah, and Merry, trailer Merry pitches. Christmas, Tim. Yeah, Merry Christmas to you. And Merry I'll Christmas. See you on- Sunday. Yeah, see you see you on Sunday. And Merry Christmas to our tens of listeners. Merry Christmas to our tens of and listeners. Potentially and potentially to the tens more that we're gonna get when they share this episode with their loved ones on Sunday. And we'd like to thank you in advance for that. And pro- provide our deepest, deepest gratitude. So well, if you enjoyed the show, like our tens of listeners have please subscribe, like, give us five stars, a glowing review so our podcast can reach more people and engage in the Christmas spirit this year by writing that review. Even if it's like five words, this is the greatest podcast ever. Thanks again to Tyler Hobbs of Space Ranger for the original music. Check out Space Ranger exclusively on Spotify. He's dropping new music. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at The Final Take Pod. Email us at thefinaltakepod at gmail.com. And check out all of our web episodes, webisodes, episodes on our website, thefinaltakepod.com. Join us next week. I think we're going to be talking about uh, Jack Ryan. Until then, have a very, very amazing holiday. <laughs> <laughs>